Hey folks, plant friends, welcome back. I'm Simon Hill, host of this show, The Plant Proof Podcast, and creator of plantproof.com, which is a 100% free online resource that I regularly publish plant-based nutrition information, recipes, and other blogs to. Each week, I am fortunate enough to be able to connect with super inspiring people from all walks of life, from all over the globe, to help myself and you guys become more informed, mindful, and conscious, to really get the most out of our lives, and at the same time, be the best member of this planet that we can be. We all play super crucial roles in shaping not only our immediate environments, but the wider environment, the way this planet functions itself. And that's the coolest thing about podcasts and social media. We can share such great messages in just a few clicks. Okay, let's jump into this week's episode. By now, you folks probably know that I am from Bondi in Sydney. I live in North Bondi and absolutely love the place. I feel so grateful to call it home. I love the community feel, the beautiful crystal clear water, the coastal walk to Coogee Beach, the endless number of cafes and the all-round positivity that you feel in the air. If you've never been, put it on your travel list and please come experience it for yourself. And it just so happens that Tess Begg, today's guest, also lives in Bondi. We met a while back when Tess first moved to Bondi, which we talked about in this episode. I babysat her frozen asahi for her until the freezer was all set up. In this conversation, Tess opens up and shares part of her life that I didn't even know. I still can't believe she's only 20 years old and is creating so much positive change in the world. What I love most about Tess is her courage to just get started. She talks openly about how she started with her content creation online. Getting started is the hardest part and often what holds people back from following their passion and kickstarting a journey of rapid learning. I don't want to give away too much time to hear from Tess herself. All right, Tess Begg, welcome to the Plant Proof Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to to finally have you here. We've we've spoken about doing this for a while now and for the listeners out there, Tess and I, we live in the same suburb. I think you actually, when you moved to Bondi, you dropped... What did you drop? You dropped. You dropped over some acai. You had too much acai berries, so you dropped oh, yeah. it over to, to my freezer because I couldn't um, get to leave the fridge off for like twenty four hours or something before you move it. So yeah, so I, I technically I helped you move to Bondi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, now most most of the listeners know who you are, and, and I really don't need to do much of an introduction. But today, the the aim from particularly from my end is to really understand how you have landed in this place where you are now, where you're only like what, 2021? 20, 21. So you're so young, you're so positive, you're doing such inspirational work online and you can really see the passion that is going into the work that you're doing. And it's inspiring. It's inspiring to see someone so young who has that dedication. And I think by the end of this episode, I really want to understand how you've come to that place, this place where you are now so quickly. So let's let's sort of wind back the clock and go over your childhood. Were you born in Sydney? No, so I was born on the Gold Coast and I grew up there up until I was 13. 
And growing up, um, typical Aussie family, uh, like, you know, with what we eat and what we do and stuff. Sure. Dad surfs. So I grew up surfing a lot. And whereabouts on the Gold Coast was this? Um, so we lived in Ashmore, okay. um, which is a bit out further. But yes, I've lived all over the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what um, what beaches you'd go to to surf at? Oh, um, so I actually learned to surf at Cabrita. Oh, nice. Um, which is a really nice yeah, beach. Yeah, yeah, cool. We'd go down to, I think it's Naranek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our main beach. Because you, I see you go up to Gold Coast quite a bit, right? You're always yeah. posting at all the, yeah, all the new vegan food places. <laughs> so if anyone wants to know where to eat on the Gold Coast, Pick you need up. to <laughs> hit up Tess or check out some of her videos. I think I went to a few of your recommendations recently. Mm. I went to um, Greenhouse. Oh, yeah. And I've been meaning to go to that other one. The one the that's... LC? No, I went to LC. There's that place that's a little bit south of Tweed Heads. You oh, familiar takeaway. Familiar takeaway. Oh, it's about shout out to you guys. I've been meaning to come. They're really come awesome. down. It looks it looks amazing. So mm-hmm. I'll definitely be checking them out next time. <laughs> anyway, so you grew up in Gold Coast, yeah. t- typical family, and you said typical sort of food. What what just just for the international listeners, what is a typical Australian diet growing up? <laughs> um, I mean, meat pies. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, party pies. For like breakfast, I hated having breakfast growing up. Um, so it was like the worst thing I'd have to eat. But if I did eat anything, it was just like, you know, toast with Vegemite. Lunches, mainly like school lunches, sandwiches, ham, cheese, after school, two-minute noodles, you know, that type of stuff, pizza on the weekend. And for dinner, um, it was mainly just like pasta or um, steak and veggies. And I actually, I remember growing up, every time I would, I would eat steak, I'd like chew the steak because it would like hurt my teeth so much. I'd just spit out the steak and like suck the juices out, which is really gross. Yeah. But, wow. Like I hated. Yeah. Was, I remember. It was too painful. I remember having chewy steak as well. And it was not the nicest yeah. experience as a kid to stay at the table until you finish your plate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, and, and as, as a kid and you're eating these meals, mm. um, We'll, we'll no doubt touch on on a lot of your passions later on, but you're definitely very passionate about animals, and you mm. post a lot about animals. And I know you have a dog. We spoke about. Yeah. At this stage of your life, did you have pets, and was there any sort of connection between the animal foods that you were eating, um, whether it was meat pies or steak, and and where they came from? Yeah. So we had um, two dogs and a cat, um, and then other little animals over the years. And I was not conscious at all, like animals uh, what ends up on our plate didn't really make a connection okay and as you sort of grew up on the gold coast outside of surfing what were what were some of your your other interests and and hobbies what did you do what when you were at school can you remember you know sort of aspiring or being inspired by doing something as a career or something when you grew up like what was to be honest i didn't at that point have any idea what i wanted to do when i was older didn't really care about it. And throughout school, I did like a lot of sports. So I was really athletic. Um, I'd always do athletic carnivals. I've done you know, netball, soccer, football, like yeah, well, stuff yeah. years, basketball. So super active. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how long did you stay on the Gold Coast before you moved from there? I moved to Sydney when I was 13. Basically, my parents split up when I was around like 10. And over the next couple of years, it was, you know, a bit of... A bit tricky. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when when I was when I was ten, my parents split up as well. So I know it can be uh, it can be tricky, particularly as a ten year old, to mm-hmm. to deal. You know, whether there's politics or new relationships, things yeah, like yeah. that. So it's, it was just, it's hard it was, to deal it was with. Mainly like the the new relationships that 
were a bit um, unstable. Yeah. And for me, it was just moving back and forward between my parents yeah. a lot. It was just got too much. So when I had the opportunity to move to my grandparents, um, which what happened, I took it because I, I was just open to some stability, new, new start. Um, and yeah. also around ending primary school, hanging out, hanging out with the wrong people, going to the wrong crowd. Yeah, wow. As a as a as a what twelve oh, year old? Twelve year old, yeah. When you say wrong crowd, like what do we? What do we, I'm trying to picture this. <laughs> um, so at twelve, I had this friend. I won't name KSG. Ever listen to this? But um, we just started smoking cigarettes. Which okay. Is, um, now I look back, it's disgusting. Yeah, smoking cigarettes, drinking, and I was. So you started very, drinking. You start. You were introduced to alcohol at about twelve. Yeah. Where were you guys? Was this like oh, this weekends like, or after school or before school? I think because I had that not freedom of my. I don't know because how do I explain? Like my parents weren't. There wasn't that stability at home. Yeah. Structure. Yeah. I just I was very manipulative of like lying to my parents and. Um, getting money. And I regret that so much. It's one of the things I regret is just manipulating them for money so I can go out with my friends and spend so much time with my friends. And I'd hang out. Was that a bit of an escape for you to to be able to, like, because you were dealing with stuff at home, that, um, like the drinking and the smoking? And you no, know, it was more so just like, just for fun, you know, like rebelling and just yeah. doing it because you're going through that rebellious it. phase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, and although like it was really young, I am glad that it happened when I'm young because now I'm 21 and I don't drink or smoke or anything. I haven't even gone to a You've club. Done it. I haven't gone clubbing or anything yeah. since being 18. So, but yeah, it was just hanging out with the wrong people. Um, so when I was 12, I you know would go out at night and uh, the funny thing, we'd like sneak into this um, complex just like going to their pools and stuff at night. Um, so I was just doing all that type of stuff. What's What's interesting is that like at, at 12 or 13, did you have the sort of insight to know I'm hanging out with the wrong crowd or was that your parents telling you that and said you need to move to Sydney? So that kind of, uh, well, this is, when was it? I think it was like 11 I actually started smoking. Um, but it's getting younger and younger. <laughs> I remember the years out. Um, I think it was at the time to move to Sydney. It was me being aware that I'm hanging out with the wrong people. But when I was in the doing it all, I didn't really. Yeah, because presumably they were some of your closest friends, right? Yeah. Um, and so was it hard at all to leave them behind when you were when you oh, just moved state? I was, I was very glad to get out. Of this okay, focus. so you really needed that new start. Yeah. Um. I mean, God, school was a bit funny. Like, because I've moved around to so many different schools. Well, not a lot, but for me, it's a lot. Um. I've met so many people, um, both good people, amazing people, and then both bad people. And I've been hated sometimes, like a lot. What, what would, how would you describe yourself as a student? Were you, were you quiet? <laughs> were you a troublemaker? Were you, you know, always being called to the principals and the, the uh, teachers? Office? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would always be in trouble for uniform. It's like a thing in Australia only where you have to wear white runners. And yeah, so uniform was my main thing. Um, and was it just fun or were you sort of testing the boundaries? Like- I just did not care. I did not care. I'd turn up to, in high school. I'd turn up to school with just like a pen. <laughs> I never bought textbooks or anything. And like, you know, in later days, like a laptop only. So I... Do you look back on that now and think, well, okay, why was I doing that? Or... or I, I know. I just, I, just, I just didn't care. I mean, at the same time, I look back and like the, recently I've had to kind of go dig into math more. I'm like, I wish I listened in school, but at the same time, I probably would have remembered. Do you, do you think that the 
that sort of traditional school structure wasn't really suited to you, who you are? Uh, not really. I mean, I did, I did love um, some subjects. So my favorite subjects in school was hospitality or like food tech, multimedia and woodwork. So I loved like yeah. in the younger years, woodwork's my favorite. Creative yeah. sort of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it sounds like you're, you would be really suited to more of a, you know, creative based yeah. school than yeah. like a really strict yeah. structure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's interesting that there are different options for different people, particularly yeah. now. I mean, there's, I had um, Susie Cameron on the show. She was talking about a school that she mm. set up in America, Muse, which is, is kind of what we're talking about, is a little bit different to a traditional school. Okay, so you moved to Sydney yeah. and you, you really, you, you needed to sort of get away from, from what your, your previous life a little bit, yeah. the school. What was the, the new, new school like that you went to and was it, was it hard to make new friends? Did you jump straight into year seven? So, oh, so basically I finished up primary school on the Gold Coast in year seven and then because I moved to like Tweed Ads, which is in New South Wales, I ended up going to year seven again because that's primary, uh, high school there. And then when I moved back to the Gold Coast... I went into year eight and then went to high school in Sydney. Okay. Year eight. So, yeah, so you have jumped around a bit. Yeah. Um, and I went to a Catholic primary school, then I went to a Catholic high school in Tweed, and then I went to a state school in Southport. And then when I went to Sydney, I went to an all-girls school. Okay. Yeah, so was, big was that a big change? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it was very different. So did, is that where you stayed? You stayed at that school for? Yeah, the, the rest of The rest of your schooling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I went there though because um my one of my best friends in Sydney that lives across the road from my grandparents went went to that school. Went there, okay. Yeah. So she was that would have been there. that would have been helpful. Yeah, yeah, a bit. She was two years older, so. Okay, cool. So as you progressed through high school, the year nine, ten onwards, were were you still that very sort of cheeky, mm. testing the boundaries type student the whole way through? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so still, nothing really changed. No, nothing really changed. Nothing in that sense changed. I mean, kind of nothing else changed either. I still... Um, yeah, so tell me about, the, did you fall back into the wrong crowd or were you, some of these habits of smoking and the drinking, what were what what happened with your lifestyle as you as you moved to Sydney and were going through high school? So, but, oh, I forgot to add before earlier on that um, when I started smoking cigarettes, I ended up getting into smoking weed as well. And when I moved to Sydney, I made a vow to like not smoke or drink. And when I was younger, I didn't really drink that much anyway. It was kind of like occasional little sip but when I moved to Sydney I didn't smoke a drink or anything for probably like two years and then one of my best friends we were talking about like when we were younger and stuff and like we both never told each other that we smoked before but then when it like both came out that we both used to and she still does that was when it kind of like started off again just for like fun we'd go smoke weed again um, but I, never, I didn't smoke cigarettes anymore because that's I didn't like. Wow! So you guys were kind of both hiding, it yeah, and scared yeah, was the other funny. was going to judge, yeah. And then it came out, and then. <laughs> but I mean, looking back, as much as it's like I don't, I don't like it now. It was we had some very funny times. Okay. <laughs> and at this stage through high school, I just want to sort of paint a picture. Your diet was still the same. You're still it, sort of oh, eating these typical it, Australian, even, worse, even um, worse. When you say that, like junk food. Yeah, so I would eat McDonald's, Hungry Jacks, um, pizza, just rubbish. And how did you feel? Was your health? What was your health like? Just typical. I mean, not the. Oh, so later on, like in the late, later years, when I was like around 13, 14 and stuff, it was kind of normal. But when I got into like around fourteen, yeah, around fourteen, fifteen was when it started to like creep up on me the constipation. Wow. And really? Yeah, digestion and everything just really. And was that me. something that you 
you had to go see professionals for or were you just sort of keeping it to yourself? So with that, I didn't go and see anyone about it, it but I just tried everything under the sun that you can buy over the counter. Um, what, like laxatives? Yeah, or... and they just made everything worse. Like I felt like everything that I was doing to help was just piling up and making it worse. And that kind of just, yeah, that was horrible. Okay. And I mean, we're, we're speaking about what you were eating at this time. We spoke about smoking and drinking. You're, you're living with your grandparents at this yeah. this time of your life. Were they aware of this, of what you were sort of getting up to? And what did they mm. think about it? Like, what, were, what what's their influence like being on you? I said they're really lovely people, but I was very good at being sneaky. And growing up, um, my parents did not know when I was younger that I was smoking and drinking, whatever. And my grandparents did not know either. And I, I, was, a real, I was a real shithead to them and my parents over the years. And now that I am older, I'm able to look back and acknowledge that I was, you know, being, being yeah, yeah. bitchy. Is that home, like so. a conversation that you ever had with them to say um, like, oh, I'm not sure how you put up with me when I was younger? Kind, or? kind of over the years, but I haven't really like full, full on conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm or just, yeah, looking back, I was very, very rude over the years, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So you, so you sort of, you didn't feel amazing. You were in your, I guess, your later, moving towards your later sort of teenage years. Yeah. So did you, did you get on top of the digestion issues before you made a significant change to your diet? How did that sort of journey go? So basically I'll tell the storyline of how it kind of went was I, we were smoking and stuff. We, every now and then I was going out to parties and stuff, um, drinking and everything. And then. In, Are we a big drinker? No, 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 no. Like a lightweight. Which is cask wine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those aren't Aussie. And in, I think it was like April in 2014, we went out to smoke in Wadda Park. And this night is what literally changed me forever. April 2014. I think it was April, April or June. And um, so we're sitting at the park and we're smoking. um, And I held the smoke in for too long. And that kind of just, if you smoke, you probably know what greening out is. And it was just a horrible trip from there. So I'm just looking into the distance and literally everything's starting to like, like a cloud just came over me. And I was talking and to my friend and like words were coming out faster than how I was seeing. It was just complete craziness in my brain. Um, I was just freaking out. I was like, I want to go to the hospital. Like, just take me somewhere. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Complete, you know, freak out. And... She was just like, okay, we'll go back home. We'll go back home. I couldn't even walk properly. Like my arm was just being, I don't know. I was just being completely weird. Mm. And then we get back home and that night felt like it went for days. Wow. It was just crazy. And it was, it was really weird. Like at one point I was saying, like, it was like my brain was like split personality for a second of like, I was saying really horrible things. And then like, I'd go back to seeing like, wait, I don't mean those things. Like, what am I saying? And the funniest thing is I have a video of that night of me saying, I need to change what I'm like, what I'm doing. I need to change like everything I'm doing. I have that video. It's like, it's, it's still got it now. Yeah. Wow. It's like crazy to look back that do, much Do you go back and watch it? Uh, I don't have it on my phone. Have you, shown it, have you shown it to Jonah? I think I have maybe, but yeah, it was just crazy to look, look at that when I was like ages after when I actually had changed. I'm like, okay, that's like weird, but I definitely was aware of like, you know, okay. change. And so basically that night went on, um, felt like years. And the next day we woke up and I still felt high. I just, it was weird. And I had to go to school that day. So that was a Sunday night and it was Monday. I had to go to school. My friend went home. She didn't go to school, which was 
unfair. But, um, I went to school and I just did not feel myself. I felt high still and that's never happened before. Because normally, you know, So something was different. Yeah, normally in the last like, couple hours. Yeah, it felt weird the whole day and then I ended up going home. I still felt very... Basically, to explain it, it was just... So now that like, what I knew what it is, um, I had depersonalization or derealization. Um, it's when you feel like really alienated and just in a like, dream. Um, and it can... So weed doesn't cause it, but it can trigger it. So if you have like underlying issues or whatever, substances can like trigger it. Dig like, it up, make yeah. it make Or it even real. like, you know, traumatic events and stuff can mm. cause it. So... Um, it is a thing, and it, so is that something you had to work? Do you work through by yourself, or did you? Did someone help you? So that was something I. And how long did it last? So basically, um, on the second day of me like experiencing it, I end up like calling my dad and calling my sister and just like crying, like what the hell? Um, and he was like, "No, that's the unfortunate thing that can happen sometimes." Blah blah. blah. And from there, like, I just kind of he told he actually told me to focus on eating a healthier. This is your dad. Yeah, yep. drinking plenty of water um, to just detox your body, like kind of just, you know, get whatever, like, you know. And try and get the balance back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sweat it out as well. So in my head, I was like, okay, um, what am I going to do? Like, I need to do something because I'm just, I'm sick of, because basically like depersonalization, you just feel like in a dream, you don't feel like you're in reality. You're just looking at yourself from an outside perspective. perspective. And looking in the mirror, I just did not, kind of know who I was. It was just really scary. I so you lost really that alone. sense of identity. Yeah, I just felt very alone and scared. And then once my dad told me like, to, you know, like sweat out and try and do something, I was like, okay, I'm sick of feeling alone by myself all the time. I need to do something. So I thought, okay, I'll do yoga. And I was thinking, oh, yoga isn't really for me. Then I joined the gym. And from there, that's kind of where it went uphill and like started being positive. So this is about 2014. Yeah, so I joined the gym in June 2014. Yeah. Um, and once I started to join the gym, I kind of just felt a bit better. But still, every now and then, I would it would like kind of hit me like the the feeling of like being in a dream. Uh, there was this YouTuber I watched. His videos are very old. I think it's like Harris Harrington. Yeah, his videos are very helpful in understanding just like what DP is. And watching his videos kind of like explained, you know, what like what you were experiencing. Yeah, and like how to react to it and just acknowledge that you're still sane and you're in reality is just not feeling I guess it was comforting to realize that it was something that other people had gone through and yeah. experienced. Actually um I did have a video on YouTube earlier on explaining what happened like this story and it was crazy to have so many people comment saying this they've experienced the same thing. Yeah wow. Yeah. So once I joined the gym, exercising and stuff, I did a lot of the gym classes just to be around people and kind of from there it went went uphill. Okay. And what was your, were you looking at your nutrition? So as you were going through the gym and making changes and like getting fit physically, were you changing things on your plate? So the funny thing with this story is that earlier on in the year when Asina O'Neill was popping, if you, do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I came across her Instagram. I was like, oh, vegans, like what the heck? So stupid. But it, it kind of stuck with me, the the videos I saw and everything. And then I think I was in school and... So was that two, that was 2014 that was when, when Asina started putting content oh, she, around them? Or before? Before, but before. that was Because she went offline, right? Yeah. She's gone offline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very long time ago. Yeah. And in school one day on Tumblr, I came across a video of cows like going around on their, the, what is it? Not carousel, but what it is? Like in their crates to get milked. Okay, yeah. Um, and yep. then another thing of like chickens getting swept up into like this machine to go get 
you know, killed and stuff. Chopped up like the male chickens, the chicks, oh, the male chicks. No, this was like chickens in their pen and in the machines pen. coming up yeah. to like, just sweep them up. Yeah, okay. Thing. And I saw that and I was just like, very, okay, this still, Con- yeah, it's a bit weird. It's confronting. But I didn't still make the, the whole click of, you know, I need to change what I'm eating. And now I remember now looking back one time I was eating McDonald's and I was like looking at the beef patty. I'm thinking, this is a cow. And I kind of made a joke about it. But in my head, I'm like, I do remember being. You a were starting to, yeah. to draw the connection. Yeah. <laughs> and once I had the experience of me like asking myself, what is reality? What am I doing with my life? Like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? What is anything? I started to really question, okay, what am I eating? Why am I eating this? This is an animal. And then when I started to come across, like, I think it's is it Aussie Farms and Animals Australia, I'm watching all like the videos on the chickens or anything, just seeing a lot of animals. I just kind of looked into the eyes and I thought, okay, like these animals, like look back into your eyes always, like they they are someone, not just food. And from there, just made the change that whole perspective. Yeah, definitely. And were you left then thinking, okay, is it? healthy to take this out of my diet? Like, can, how am I going to do it? Once I like, came to the like, realization that animals are someone, not something, I went like pescatarian and it kind of all tied in because I wanted to eat healthy for the gym. So you're eating more smoothies and fruit and stuff. And then also me realizing like animals and everything, pescatarian. And then a couple months later, I went vegetarian. Um, and I didn't really think of like the, is it bad for me to take these things out of my diet? Um, because I actually remember... In school, I spent my time in school at this point, just sitting on my computer researching about this stuff. I remember coming across dairy, how it's like not, you know, like how it leaches calcium from your bones and whatever. Yeah, because 2014, you got, what you were, you were in like year 10 or something. Yeah, yeah. So 10. you were doing this at during high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were your friends thinking? Oh, also in high school at this point, I just kind of like kept myself. I didn't really want to talk to anyone, so I just like sat by myself for a little time. And I mean, I still had like a few friends here and there, but. So people weren't really aware of these changes that you were making so much. Eventually, people were aware. They start like when I started to post when I went vegan. Eventually, started to post on my Instagram and stuff. They all like thought the food was very interesting and okay. So people wanted, were curious. Yeah, and they wanted me to actually bring the raw desserts. Okay, to well, everything. so it was a positive yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. So that stage, you've gone from pescatarian to vegetarian. Yeah. And did you at that stage was sort of milk and cheese. Were you sort of like, okay, well, it's not an animal itself. I'm okay with that. I was or addicted to milk. You were addicted. Oh, not, no, not milk. So milk I gave up earlier. Um, I think it was the first thing I gave mm. up because it just made me feel sick. Um, cheese I kept for a very long time. But actually once I gave up the milk was when my digestion went really good and I was back to going to the toilet again. So Amazing. that was like once I realized that. Like an epiphany. Yeah, I could go to the <laughs> toilet again. I was like never having milk ever again besides okay. having like the in other products yeah um, so like cheese you were still having yeah, the cheese yeah didn't really make but the cheese thing. is super addictive yeah i know yeah it was okay so how long did it take for you to remove cheese so it was all up until i november 1st um 2014 when i did the vegan challenge okay so um, pretty quickly moved through pretty quickly yeah november 1st from then i went vegan okay and what was the challenge like Oh, so yeah. it was a vegan, um, is it veganeasy.org? Yeah. I think it's that one. I went, yeah. I just did that challenge. Which I, is what, the uh, 28 day or 30 days, 30 day yeah. challenge. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like follow along with the challenge, but it was more so just cause like I challenged myself there if I wanted to finish it. And yeah, I was happy with it. Like it was, it was really fun. Um, and it gave you confidence that this is something you could sustain. Yeah. Yeah. And interested in terms of, you said your friends at school were like, 
interested and curious in terms of the stuff you're putting on Instagram. And that's like year 10 ish. Did you sort of think at that stage, wow, I, I could, I could really create content and build a great Instagram around this and, and, and develop a really positive message or how long did it take until you were like, okay, people are really interested in this? Um, so when I was in school, so this was like, cause it all happened around the same time of me realizing what is life and what I want to do with my life and, you know, my diet and everything. I kind of just, so in the beginning of 2014, my, my friend, my best friend dropped out of school and she went and did like, um, pastry chef and she's still an amazing pastry chef to this day. At that point, I was like curious to, if I want to drop out of school, but I thought I'd stay till the end of year, year 11. And then when it came to that point at the end of the year, that's when I wanted to drop out. So in the, in that year, I didn't really care about my schoolwork. I just had to get through the year. Um, so I spent a lot of my time just researching, researching recipes online and researching like veganism or just health and fitness and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. And I also started to um, take photos of the food I was making and just, just wanted to share it because I enjoyed the photography aspect of it all and just experimenting with it. And it didn't really hit me up until January when I kind of like wanted to make something of it. Once I dropped out of school, so I, I dropped out of school in the last this couple of weeks before the term finished in year 11. Um, so I got my year 11 certificate and all that, but I just did not want to go through to year 12. And when I dropped out, I actually wanted to do personal training. Um, I ended up doing a personal training course. I did, yeah, all the in, sure. I did all the in-class stuff, but me just having no motivation when it comes to studying, I didn't do the online part of it and I didn't complete it. Um <laughs> So that's when I kind of just focused on doing the social media stuff. Sure. So at that stage, like had you built, started to build a bit of a community, like when you were towards the end of year 11, can you remember what Instagram and YouTube was like? Had you started YouTube? I had a YouTube channel. I started YouTube in January, 2015, but Instagram, I think I had like around maybe 10 K followers when I left school. Um, then it kind of slowly just went up from there. Sure. Um, and was there some other, you mentioned Asina, but was there any, were there other girls or guys or, or people out there that were inspiring for you? You were looking at them and, and thinking, you know, that you could also create content, you know, similar or different that could help people, you know, transition to a plant-based diet. I can't really think off the top of my head of any specific accounts, to be honest. I think I was like, mainly a sinner and everything. Yeah, okay. There was freely for a little bit. Freely um, the uh, banana. banana girl. Yeah. It's crazy because like so many of my guests, when I ask if they were inspired by anyone, freely comes up yeah. quite a bit. Actually, she was one of the people that kind of told me to get onto YouTube. Okay, so you were, you were chatting with Yeah, her. so we actually went to a, a dinner okay, on the cool. Gold Coast one time uh, in January and she's like, oh, everyone should get on YouTube. You know how like they're really promoting that. And that's when I like thought, okay, I'll just do it and see what happens. What did your grandparents think about you removing animal products from your diet? So the way my family is, I've, I've had a lot of questions about my family, how they reacted to me being vegan. And they've just been supportive always. Um, my parents and my family have always just like, you do you. That's um, awesome. Do what makes you happy in life. Do what you want to do. So you haven't had to like explain or defend with, too much? With my grandparents, because they're more old fashioned, I've had to explain you know, that it's you know, okay. Safe. And even when I was living there, um, my grandma felt much healthier eating the foods I was eating. And I've taught her a lot as well. Yeah. 
Um, Do you find that it's kind of, I mean, because you're living with them, they're also probably presumably preparing you food. Was it kind of tricky to like not make them think like they were doing anything wrong with the way that they were cooking? Like how did you sort of manage that? So once I started like to get into cooking and everything, they stopped making my meals and I just started making my own meals. Yeah. And they were just watching. Yeah, but they didn't didn't really care. Um, They also, you know, cooking their own food and wasn't really a bother. Um, Yeah. it It was quite easy for me to go vegan with my family. Okay, we, we, we can't leave Jonah out of this conversation. When and how did you did you meet Jonah? And was I know he's a vegan now. I've, I've met him. He's a great fella. Was was he vegan then? No, he wasn't vegan then. Um, so we met, uh, we went to different schools, but his school was down the road from mine. And one morning I was at the bus station and I saw him sitting there on the seat and I thought it was cute. <laughs> What was he doing? Was he just sort of minding just, his own business? Yeah, minding his own business. And then I went to the like, corner store um, to buy a packet of Tim Did Tams. you guys connect? Like, did you have a bit of eye contact? He didn't even acknowledge me. <laughs> but um, I went... He was playing hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> I went and bought a packet of Tim Tams for breakfast. This was my diet back then. Um, I just eat chocolate for breakfast. And I was... So this is in high school? Yeah, this yeah. was, I think, in year... Beginning of year nine. Okay. Um, so quite a while you guys, back. You guys met a long time ago, Yeah, yeah. On the bus, and I've always, almost finished a packet of Tim Tams. Have one left. He sits, I think, behind me, and he saw me having Tim Tams. He leans over and goes, "Can I have a Tim Tam?" And then I had one left, so I bit it, and I gave him the other half, and that was it. And in, in, in his head, he was just like, "Wants a Tim Tam." Like now, he told me he's, he's one of the Tim Tam. But in me, my eye, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like he asked for a Tim Tam. That was his. Yeah. That was him breaking the ice. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so he, he took a Tim Tam. Yeah, and then that was it. And he didn't give me his name or anything, but I went onto Facebook, wow, did mysterious. my stalking, and I just went through someone else's friends that I thought maybe would have him on there. I found him, added him, and he was just like, now that he told me, he was like, what the heck? How did you even find me? Like, you know, I didn't even give you any details. And then I added him, and we just kind of became friends from there. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until 2015, April, we went to the city together. And from there, we just like, started dating kind of. And by that said, you'd already changed the way you yeah, were eating. Had yeah. he, was he sort of asking questions and noticing how you were eating? Well, he said that he, now that like, we're, we're dating for ages, he's told me what he used to think back in the start and everything. What did he think? He had to Google what veganism was because he had no <laughs> clue, but he thought the food that I made on Instagram and stuff looked cool. Okay. And he already knew, like, I remember when we first started talking when we were dating, I asked him about like dairy and stuff. And then he said, oh yeah, I know we're not meant to be drinking. I'm like, Clicked in my mind. I'm like, okay, he's not like um, ignorant to it. He's going to be open. Yeah, he's open to it. And then I made him some food a couple of times. The one thing that was funny was when we went to the city, he wanted to test me to see if I would crack. Um, He ate like a snack pack in front of me. It's a bit of a thing, isn't it, for like non-vegans. Let's see if we can make it. And I had a nice curry from, um, I think it's like IQ Whole Foods. And he even tried it. He said that the curry was like way better than what he was Uh, eating. But I didn't say anything. And... That was that. Um, but So he didn't admit that at the time, but now, now he's told like, me back oh, then, yeah. you know, I was really envious of what you ordered. Yeah. <laughs> when we first started, the first night he stayed over, I showed him earthlings and he literally bawled his eyes out. Um, was that planned or just sort of impromptu? Just impromptu, just yeah. throw on, the, um, throw on sure, earthlings. Sure, sure, that was it. And that, was, that was lined <laughs> up. It was on a playlist. Um, <laughs> and yeah, from then he was just kind of like clicking his head, like what the heck, and I just, I didn't force it on him, but 
Um, so then he sort of, what, like the next day said, you know, I think I need to look at look at what I'm doing or was it, uh, it was, it was So it took him like two to three months fully to convert to yep. veganism. Um, I just showed him all the different foods he could eat. I went to Funky Pies with him. He had the chicken cheesy pie. I heard a story about that place. So a friend of mine, he, he either used to work there or supply mm. um, the pies there. And he said there's this tradie who'd been coming in. They'd been there for years, right? And I think they have like a chunky, they call it a chunky meat or something. Oh, like funky that. chunky. Funky chunky, yeah. right? And, and this place is all vegetarian um, pies, right? Or yeah. vegan pies. Yeah, yeah, all vegan. Yeah. And there was this tradie who'd been coming in for years and years and years. He'd come in and get his pie every know. morning. He didn't know. <laughs> and when he finally found out and the guy told him, he's like, oh, yeah, I've been serving you vegan pie for like years. Mm. This guy just freaked right out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really they're really good. I mean, like it's a basic pie, but they just taste so good. So that kind of changed Jonah's mind and just making him all the different recipes and stuff, it he made it easier, easier for him to convert and educating him on it. Um, and he was, I remember him texting me saying he is considering going vegan. And I was like, yes. So it was good because a lot of people will hate to hear it where you say like, I could not be with someone that's not like vegan. But it's for me personally, it's like, I want to be with someone that has the same values and shares the same interests. I personally, for me, I would struggle to be with someone that isn't vegan. So I think each to their own. And it, and it makes it a lot easier when you, yeah. I mean, it makes it easier with, in terms of your conversations that you're having together yeah. if you're just, on the same level. With cooking, the so and cooking. Even going back to like living with my grandparents, um, it was a bit of a struggle because like them cooking animal products, I just did not want to smell it or be around it, but you kind of have to put up with it. And it's good that Jonah's vegan because I don't have to worry about like him. And does he enjoy it now? Like he, he loves yeah. it? Um, he, he eats really unhealthy, but as he always says, he's like, I'm not vegan for my health. Yeah. I'm vegan for the animals. So. Yeah, which is, I mean, I've spoken about it before. There's many reasons to be vegan. vegan yeah. Some people come from animal and also want to be healthy. Yeah. Um, but vegan covers everyone. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I'm trying to get him healthy. You can do it the unhealthy way. Obviously, yeah, I'd, like to, I'd like to see Jonah add in a few nourishing Buddha balls here and there. Uh, he, he goes through <laughs> stages of finding things boring and then finding things like really healthy food nice, even yeah. like meals that I wouldn't eat, like it's too healthy. Yeah, well. Like, or like if I'm not in the mood for like a Buddha ball, he'll be like eating it. Like, oh, this is so good. I'm like, what? what's going with you? <laughs> I'll, so. well, I'll have to have you over um, to my place in Bondi and we'll, we'll cook something really nourishing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And when you, when you did... Uh, you, you left school in January. You started your the following year. You started your YouTube. Yeah. Did you sort of just jump all in and start start creating content and <laughs> and no. and throw yourself in, or how 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 have you gone from there to mm. sort of where you are now? So with YouTube, I started with just my iPhone, a for my tripod. I used the tissue box. I just stuck my phone in the tissue box, and I just did that. And my videos were very low quality. I love that though. I love it because you gotta start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And I think one of the biggest things for people is that they'll come up with every reason why not to start. And they want to get all the different yes. equipment and they and think they have to have all this perfect and, stuff to do. And it you should like get it. started. And yes, in six months and a year, you're going to look back and you're always going to be embarrassed by what oh, you started. I'll be, like, be truthful. Like I've put a lot of videos on private, especially the talking <laughs> ones, because I'm just a bit embarrassed of how yeah. I'm speaking, but it's, I mean, it's like anything in life. Like you, you, you're always going to get better at your craft mm, and yeah. you're always going to look back no matter what it is, whether it's you're a writer or a painter or you're a singer and you're going to look back and you're always going to be embarrassed by yeah. the initial content. <laughs> and the only way to be embarrassed by your initial content is to get started and improve. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so 
So you started off with a tissue box and a phone. Yeah. And what what type of content were you bring up at the start? Just what I eat in a day. Okay. So, what I what, yeah. what and and what were you eating in a day? Oh, if you go think back to the very first time, I was just like, so when I first went vegan, it was mainly just how I'm. I still eat the same pretty much. A lot of fruit smoothies, um, smoothie bowls, nice cream. I don't really eat it much nice cream anymore. Which for anyone who may not be 100% Frozen sure. Frozen bananas blended yep. up into a creamy. So good. Yeah. It's, it's like really you good. can have a breakfast, lunch or dinner. Yeah. Or <laughs> um, and then for my like main meals. Because you do what you do, a lot of butter bowls and salads and things now as well. Yes. But um, the, the... Mac and cheese. Oh, sometimes mac and cheese. What I was eating in the beginning though was a lot of things that I put into my ebook. So it was just like a lot of experimental foods, just veggie patties. Um, I ate a lot of potatoes, rice, beans, um, grains, salads. So relatively simple stuff. Yeah, really simple. Um, like stir fries. I love stir fries, curries, uh, sushi. Okay, cool. And Pizza. so pretty much so the way that you were eating then is quite similar, similar. Food selection to now. Yeah. Were you taking any supplements? Do you take any supplements now? Beginning, I started with a B12 supplement, um, and I wasn't really taking that consistently as I'd always forget. And recently, I've started to introduce more supplements in my diet um, after getting a blood test. Okay. And was there a particular reason for, for getting a blood test, or was that just like a regular checkup? Around April, I started to notice that my vision was getting worse. Um, my vision's been perfect my whole life, but I think it's just started to creep up between now. And that was after trying on my sister's glasses and realizing that, like, well, things okay. are clearer with glasses. So she's, she's had some issues with. Her yeah, she has. A, yeah, we have. We both have astigmatism. Okay, and did you see an optom? You saw an optometrist. Yeah, I didn't see an optometrist until July, so a few months later. Um, I kind of just yeah went with it. Okay, so it was because of the the vision that you went and got a blood test, or was there uh, other reasons? So my vision was making me feel um, dizzy and disorientated, as it does, and then on top of that, I was feeling very lethargic and tired. And really just wanted to sleep all the time and had no energy. Okay. So you mentioned that you you may have changed the supplements that you're taking now. Was that a result of the blood test? What did the blood test show? So on the blood test, my iron came back a bit low. So it was a serum iron that was on the lower end of normal. Um, and then my serum ferritin actually came back a bit lower than the average. Okay. Which can be quite normal. So the for the listeners, the serum iron is showing how much iron is is in your blood and is available. And the serum ferritin is more your iron stores. Now, in general, vegetarians typically compared to non-vegetarians will have less iron stores. But that's that's not really a problem. And it's actually can be quite beneficial as long as every day your diet is replenishing the amount mm. of iron that you're using. Anything anything other than iron? What did the blood test show for B12? My B12 actually came back too high and the doctor told me to stop supplementing. Okay, wow. Um, it was because in, I think, March, I started to take a B12 spray. Yep. Um, I was taking it too consistently because I was just assuming that my levels were probably lower. Okay, so um, you were just doing the more is better approach. Yeah, which is not ideal. You should no. get a blood test before you take yeah. supplements. Yeah, particularly more than what the the um the bottle says. Yeah. It was probably like a so it was a spray. It was well, probably the like spray a, said to take uh, one spray one to two times a day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just should have known my results prior to supplement. Yeah. It was probably like a two hundred or two hundred and fifty yeah. microgram. So a few serve. times a week would have been. Yeah, better. and well, I mean the. The weekly dose that is suggested, so you can take B12 every day mm. or you can take it once a week and people do absorb it differently. Yeah. But the weekly dose is around 2,000 to 2,500 micrograms. 
the daily dose would be sort of, you know, just 250 micrograms. But if you're doing that twice a day, yeah. that's <laughs> 500 micrograms yeah. by seven, three and a half thousand micrograms that's a week. A so um, you're going a little higher than recommended. Mm. Okay, so that's B12. Anything else? Uh, iodine. 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 Okay. Cool. So what, what did it show for iodine? Um, it was a very low, kind of. Okay. And for the listeners again, so iodine is found in sea vegetables like wakame, nori, yeah. dulcy flakes. It's also in iodized salt. Which I don't have. Don't have, yeah. yeah. So so a bit of background, the United States and I, and I believe Australia brought out iodized salt yeah. because a large portion of the general public were actually deficient in iodine and iodine is very important for our thyroid and proper functioning of the thyroid. So what off the back, was there anything, any other sort of unusual findings? No, that was quite, quite it really. Okay. And off the back of that, did you then set up a plan with your sort of health professional to make any changes to your diet? So after I got the blood test results, I really just went home and researched the heck out of it all. Um, just so I could have a better understanding. Cause I was, when the doctor told me you have low iron, um, I just kind of freaked out and like wanted to get on top of it. But then at the same time, I was like, okay, I understand because um, this wasn't like dramatic news to me because I did know I didn't eat enough green vegetables and Mm. all that stuff. And I think it's important, again, let's just talk to the listeners here, that you're you're a woman of of childbearing age and you're, you're vegan, right? Now, there's a difference between iron from plants and iron from animals. So I know we've spoken about this off air. So iron from animals is heme iron and iron from plants is non-heme iron. And the the non-heme iron, whilst is is amazing for our body because our bodies can regulate it very well and stop us from absorbing too much, it is less bioavailable than the heme iron. So we actually, particularly for women of childbearing age, need to consume a little bit more. And I think it's some, some... Doctors will quote about 1.8 times the amount of heme iron consumption for a vegan woman of childbearing age. Yeah, and that's where um, my mistake was. I didn't have enough education on food combining and absorption and even knowing like eating upwards of like 1.8 times the iron. The the recommended Yeah, recommended. Yeah, so when you say food combining, what are you sort of, what are you trying to concentrate on now from a food perspective to boost your iron? So basically just adding a lot more vitamin C to my meals. I mean- I know some people just do a squeeze lemon, but I just started adding squeeze of lemon, more capsicum, tomatoes, all those yeah, um, beautiful vegetables in there. So you're doing that with like dark greens? Yeah. Or? So basically I just started um, having green smoothies instead of my acai bowls. I was having big salad bowls, you know, bowls the size of my head and having a lot of like lentils, um, green vegetables. And then um, dinner time was, you know, grains, more kale and spinach and stuff. A lot, yeah. Okay. And were you, did you read about any of the sort of inhibitors, things that can reduce iron absorption? Cacao for me. So I don't have coffee. So that's one thing that didn't really affect me, but cacao. So I was having cacao nibs a lot, chocolate around my meals and stuff. So I cut that out straight away. So now you sort of separate those. Yeah, separate it. Um, An hour before or after. Yep. Okay. So that's iron and B12 you've stopped taking? Yes. I've stopped taking my B12 supplement. And another thing with the B12 was, it being acne related. So my levels being too high, I don't know if definite, but I do feel like it has contributed to my acne. 
So I've stopped supplementing for the time being until I get my next blood test. Then I'll decide whether I'm going to supplement yeah. again. I think that's important. Like I know B vitamins in particular, yeah. some people do have some some issues with them and their skin. Mm. But like going back to the earlier point of more is not always better. Yeah. So like if your blood test is showing something's way too high, work mm. with your health practitioner to get it back into yeah. to normal levels. Okay, so that's that's B12. And what about iodine? What are you doing with that? So I've started to take an um, iodine spray. Okay. I did try to get into like, eating like the Dulcy Flakes, but I just can't handle the taste. So I feel like a spray is just easier for yeah, me to do. It's pretty uh, oceany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think with uh, with iodine, I think it's a it's a small amount anyway. It's like 150 yeah. micrograms a day, yeah. a day, and it's a little bit more important. And I think you need a little bit more if you're pregnant. Mm. So I think in the States, it's around 250 micrograms a day. In Australia, around 220 micrograms a day. But otherwise, it's a fairly small amount that you need per day. Okay. So, I mean, you've made all of those changes. Yeah. Have you, how are you feeling, you know, physically and mentally yourself since making those changes? So originally, like I think a few weeks after I got a blood test, I actually went on a naturopath to kind of just get a second opinion and a bit more guidance. And she recommended, well, I took my blood test to her and she recommended a few other things to take. And a few other things I bought prior to seeing her as well um, was a probiotic, which helps with um, the gut and absorption. And then also magnesium, which has been a big game changer for me as magnesium is important for creating energy and then also regulating your nervous system. And it's helped me as I was experiencing a bit of anxiety related issues, um, especially when training, getting my heart rate up. And then once finding, it's all kind of happened around the same time. So I was experiencing that. And then when I had my blood test results and finding out that, you know, maybe my iron's a bit low and then also my vision is kind of not as good. It was just creating more anxiety. So I I, I was on edge a lot. I was having uh, trouble sleeping because I could always hear my heart beating a bit too heavy. And magnesium has really helped to... Helping relax you as well. Yeah. it's, It's helped to relax as well as giving me so much energy. In the beginning, I was taking it before bed because that's what she recommended. But after seeing her like a few weeks later, I had to change it to having the magnesium in the morning because it's okay. just, yeah, it gives me too much energy, which is a good thing. But yeah, not before bed. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a tricky situation. You're, you're putting yourself out there to the public, mm. you know, posting about health and, you know, posting delicious food and recipes. But we just all need to, I guess, remember we, we're all human. Yeah. And it's, it's experiences like this where you get to know your body yeah, and you get to know what foods work really well for your body, mm. what nutrients are particularly important for you to tolerate. Do you need to work on your gut health so you're absorbing more of yeah. A or B and, you know, so it's not really one size fits all. So it's like you often, a blood test is a great place to start. Yeah, it was a, it was a negative in the beginning because I'm like, oh, all these things are wrong, but it's a positive now because I've learned a lot more. I've corrected all the issues and... I'm feeling much better now. I know what to do in the future. Okay. So you you just mentioned magnesium and the fact that you needed to take it in the morning rather than night because yeah. it was it was keeping you up. And you you've also mentioned that you you prior to getting your blood test were feeling a little bit tired and, and lethargic. And it's got me thinking, what's your what's your sleep like? What's your um, night routine sort of before bed? Horrible. Like? <laughs> this year has been very um bad. It will actually before being in a relationship with Jonah, I was in bed by 10.30, asleep, wake up 5, 5.30 a.m. And that was my routine. I was so strict on it, but I loved it. 
And you know, over the years, I just got worse and worse. And especially this year, going to bed like 1am, 2am, which obviously is making me very tired as well. It's contributing to it. But yeah, I, I mainly like find it just time creeps up on you. It ends up being like nine o'clock, especially in Sydney. Time goes so fast. And then I end up just doing everything I need to do late at night. And this year I've also been working on my ebook. So I've been cooking at midnight, which not good, but lately I have gone back into a bit of routine sleeping latest midnight. So getting there. Yeah. And I mean, creating the amount of content though that you create yeah. is so time consuming. You, you just, you kind of just want to, you want to finish it so it doesn't go on to the next day and next day. And So you're like cooking and then also editing at night? like on Yeah. The editing videos, um, photos and stuff. And I, mean, I, I don't need to do it in that moment, but it's kind of mm-hmm. just, you know, want to yeah, get Yeah. But as on. you said, like it's when, when it's sort of top of your mind, yeah. and you've done the cooking, yeah. it's easy to, and quick to edit because you remember what you said there, what you did there. Mm. Um, but at the same time, staring at computer screen or, or your mobile phone right before you try and switch yeah. off is very hard. And it, it can mean that the first few hours of your sleep are mm. not that deep and, and wasted, yeah. you know, essentially. Do you, what time do you sort of normally wake up? Um, anywhere from now it's summer. In winter, I was waking up, you know, 7, 8 a.m. Now that's summer, like around 5.30 to 7, anywhere between there. Okay, so we're, we're sort of back onto the creating content side of things and editing videos and whatnot. What I'd, I'd love to dive deeper into is the role of social media and these platforms and the impact of them on your life. Like, do you do you love using Instagram and, and YouTube and putting content out there? I, I do love it. I love being able to spread a message to such a large amount of people. And I love being able to share so my focus always has been on food and fitness. I love being able to share what I personally do in hopes to inspire people to be healthier and more active. And is there, are there, are there parts of social media that you find hard to deal with or taxing or like how, how do you separate, how do you go about separating social media and this, this completely, you know, this completely 24-7 world that's on your phone? How do you separate that from your social life's time with Jonah, with friends, family? How do, you, how do you switch off and balance that? To be honest, it's it can be a bit tricky. I don't really put too much thought to it. It, it. it does get stressful. So YouTube's more stressful for me. Instagram's easy. YouTube is more stressful stressful because you have to put much more effort into it, like, you know, filming long videos and editing for how hours. How long is the average video? Um, so over the years of me being on YouTube, um, the main focus has been like what I eat in a day. They're quite easy-ish to film and edit since it's, you know, simple mm. stuff. But what would, how long do you think one video would take you to film all the parts, edit it? And what's the duration of that video? So like what I eat in a day, yeah. videos are like, you know, day in life vlogs, they take the day to film. Yep. Um, and then editing can take anywhere from like an hour to five hours. And some of like the recipe videos, I remember I did last Christmas, a Christmas video that took me, I tried to film it on one day that failed. I already spent like three hours doing it. In total, it took me like probably eight hours to film. And then wow. to edit it, it, took me another six hours. And that video, like, be completely honest, didn't even get that many views, which was like, like, that's, I think the biggest part is I know numbers are just like, it's just number. Yeah. But kind of sometimes more on YouTube because you're putting that extra effort into it and it, you're giving people what they have asked for. And when it doesn't get that many views of people so engaging to it, it's a bit like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
don't know. Yeah, well, I can understand that. You put a lot of time and effort yeah. into it and you want to – the number is just a number, but the, for you that's an indication as to Who's how engaging, well was yeah. it received and yeah. did people share it with their friends because they liked it. But you raise an interesting point there and I'm sure the listeners are wondering, like, how does YouTube work? Is it – do you are you able to – do you have to work another job to, to have an income or can you make money off YouTube and Instagram – so basically over the years, I've made an income through my ebook. And then on top of that, there's YouTube. You're not going to be making a crap load of money off YouTube unless you're getting millions and millions of views and have millions of subscribers. So it's essentially just free content that you're putting out there. And in, in a way. And then you get you get main, like mainly the income through sponsored videos. Yeah, sure. um, but you don't want to do too many sponsored videos. Otherwise, people just don't want to watch it. So that's like the tricky part is... Because it looks a little contrived and a little bit like... People don't like it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it depends. Look, it's authentic, I guess. Yeah, it, it depends who your audience is though, I guess. Like, Have you noticed that, that those videos don't <laughs> get as good a engagement and feedback? Oh, it's comments? more so. So this year I have had the opportunity to do more sponsored videos, which is great. I was you know, obviously going to take a part of that, but I have noticed that my views have dropped. But I'm assuming um, that if you're approached by brand, you're only ever doing it anyway if they're aligned with Yeah, your of course, messages. of course. Um, the sponsor videos I'm doing as well as a lot of other vegans in the community gain those opportunities as well. And it's brands and that I've, I've genuinely would use myself and would buy. But then again, it's still not that many sponsored videos. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to make an income somehow yeah. in order to be, as you said, like some of these videos are taking hours and hours mm. and hours to create mm. and... They have the potential to reach so many people and inspire positive change. So there's that kind of balance of like, how can you get enough income to allow you to be able to yeah. do that? Yeah. Um, or else, if you're going and working a nine to five job, you're not going to have time to film this video. No yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a, always that sort of balancing act. And okay, so what about negative messages or negative comments? And is there anything, any part of Instagram that sort of gets you feeling down or? You know, do you have any experience about that or any advice for people? So for me, um, I don't want to give attention to it, but we'll talk about it because it's the stupidest site ever. It's called Guru Gossip. It's this forum. The way I came across it was I was just, you know how sometimes you Google your name, just see what comes up on the first page. And it came up with the forum of about me. I'm like, okay, click on this. What what is this? And there's like probably, I think, 20 60 pages, no, 60, maybe 60 posts. Oh, 60 about, posts. Yeah, about, about you. About me. That's oh, a novel. And it's not just about me. Oh, it's, it's not just about you. It's just, all, you know, it's like different forums for like all different YouTubers. Oh. So there's just people, people sitting yeah. at their desk on their phone just talking crap. Mm, a lot of negativity. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't get any negative, you know, comments or anything like that. I rarely ever get like people hating on me and stuff. Um, I guess because I've just always kept out of the drama in the vegan community. He's, you've probably seen this yeah, in a lot a over lot the years. Of, there is politics, isn't there? I mean, I, again, I'm not going to drop names, but there's YouTube accounts which are literally dedicated to doing <laughs> video to bring people down. Mm, yeah. It's um, like, so how do you I've, have so much time for this negativity? I've always kept myself out of that over the years. And it's just generally because I just don't have time to focus on negative stuff in my life. But when I came across that, I was very, like, shocked that people are, like, saying that stuff about people. And one of the main things were about money, so income. When I lived in our old apartment, because it was like a high-rise building, people were like, oh, she's so rich. Um, her parents just feed her money and pay for her rent and blah, blah, blah. Since I moved out of like, my grandparents from when I was 18, I haven't asked for a cent from 
anyone. I'm grateful I've been able to support myself from turning 18. People can really type whatever they want on the on the internet. Yeah. And unfortunately, once it's posted, it's there for everyone yeah. to read. I think the key message there is like to like you don't just assume yeah don't i mean from their end don't assume yeah great but ultimately there's always going to be someone who can say something yeah yeah i know that yeah and like you said you just have to to avoid it as soon as you realize that and you don't let it affect you yeah and you stick to having a positive mind frame which is what you're talking about then you just move on Mm. and concentrate on the 99.9 percent of your community yeah who are loving your content Mm are inspired by it and they're all going off and making positive change. Yeah, exactly. You know? So that negative part is just part and parcel with putting yourself out there. Yeah. And the part about, I mean, particularly in Australia, there's a thing called tall poppy syndrome. You heard of that? So tall poppy syndrome is if someone is being seen to be successful, mm. we want to drag them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's unfortunately, it's like probably a lot of people don't even think about it. It's just like a natural thing. Oh, that person's doing great. Let's let's just, let's try and drag them down. Mm. Australia particularly doesn't want to see anyone really succeed. Mm. It's just you can this see that, weird yeah. mentality. Yeah, and it's like um, you know, like you can see, lots of people don't want to work together or collaborate for that reason. So yeah, it's interesting to get your take on that. You work for yourself. You've got no one telling you what to do. You don't work a nine to five job. What what motivates you? What keeps you motivated every morning to wake up? continue creating content for Instagram and YouTube and and not sort of slacking off? For me, my motivation is really just enjoyment. I'm really grateful I'm able to do what I enjoy as, you know, a job and earn income from that. And of course, I have days where I just don't feel like doing much. But at the same time, because it's doing what I really enjoy, it's quite easy. I don't have to think about too much motivation behind it. It just comes natural. It doesn't feel like you're sort of forcing yourself yeah, it doesn't to do feel like something. I'm, I have to force myself to get up and then. And do you feel good? Like when you when you make a new recipe, and it comes out better than you expected or as good as like, is that a satisfying yes. feeling? <laughs> Literally, um, like brownies for my ebook because my ebook's going to be oil free, like refined sugar free, mostly gluten free as well. It's that's like, challenging. It is wow. a challenge, and I literally made the brownies recipe about like probably ten times before I perfected it. And once I go, like when I make recipes and they finally work out, it's, you know, it's satisfying. satisfying. Are, you, are you sort of like shouting in the house, like dancing around? Or? I'm just shoving it down Jonah's throat. <laughs> Eat it. So he's, he's the guinea pig that yeah. tries it all? Yeah. <laughs> Even if it tastes bad, he still eat it. The, you mentioned that on your on your social media, you, you do food, but you also do a lot of fitness stuff. Mm. And this year I've seen you particularly, you seem to be concentrating a bit more on on fitness, would you say? I've noticed like a few more videos of your workouts and things that you're doing. What what types of workouts do you um, prefer to do? I love to do weight training and then hit cardio. Because you were training at City Gym, right? Fitness first. Fitness first. Yeah. I swear I thought you were tra- doing it. You did a few sessions. At City oh, yeah, Gym, yeah, right? with with um, LPT. With L. Okay, yeah. Because I was training at City Gym for a little bit. It's all right. It's, yeah. it's a good gym, a lot of equipment. We, but... We've built a gym now at our warehouse, so oh, I haven't okay. been, yeah. It's kind of good because you don't have to wait for everyone to oh, yeah. get on to the equipment. Main gym. <laughs> it's not a huge gym that we built, but it's got enough. Like you've got, I can do, it's got like the squat rack and mm. you do chin-ups and there's a Smith machine and there's dumbbells and whatnot. Mm. Like it, it, it serves its purpose. We're going to put a rope in as well. And That'll be cool. And roof and yeah. a sled and all that. This year, yeah, it's just been focusing more on like body weight training. And I think just going to fitness first, there's a lot more equipment because I used to go to Fernwood, which is an all-girls gym. 
Okay. Um, so they didn't have as much equipment, but my training has kind of always been the same over the years. A lot of weight training and cardio, more hit training. Okay. Social media wise, where you know now that it sounds like you're feeling better generally since you've you've gone and seen a naturopath and whatnot. So and you know you're you're putting are you going to be putting more content out there? What's your plans for 2019? in terms of content and direction that you sort of want to see things go? Um, so definitely next year, I'd want to get straight into it. I've been trying to work onto my ebook this year, but because I've focused, like I'm trying to stress and focus on to doing YouTube, it's hard to like balance it all. So I am actually thinking right now, of just taking a break until January. Um, I don't know when this podcast is probably going to come out, but... Yeah, early January. Oh, well? Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, they'll be back by then on YouTube. It's just on YouTube. I'm going to take a break from it. Just for like, just to have more time to focus on me and yeah, sure. get into a routine. So I'm ready for like next year. Okay, well, I'm sure all of your community and, and the plant proof community who are listening now and will no doubt follow you will be very much looking forward to seeing you on YouTube in 2019 and, and the content that you will be putting out there. I know I am. Do you Do you often think, stop and think about the impact that your message has on a greater scale in terms of the impact it can have on individuals' health, but also the impact it can have on animals and the planet and how important for you is that? Yes, I do um, acknowledge that like it has a really big impact and it can reach so many people. I've had a lot of people say that they've transitioned to a vegan diet from seeing my videos or just they've, they've tried the recipes I make and it's made it so much easier in their lifestyle, which is amazing because... I love being able to bring some light into people's life, even if it's just changing one meal a day. It's a good feeling to be able to like, you know, help people. Not, I mean, like I'm not doing too much in like the sense of like helping people directly, but it's just more so giving them inspiration to. Yeah, but you're, you're showing people that what's possible. Yeah. You're showing people ideas of how to, to make a plant-based food taste great yeah. and that it's simple. Yeah. And that's inspiring in itself. Are you are you ever thinking, you know, more deeply about the impact of the content that you're putting out there, the impact that it's having on things like animal agriculture and things like sustainability, you know, and the planet? Yeah, so I'm really happy about that aspect because my main focus of being vegan was animal cruelty and to be able to reduce that in people's lives through me sharing my food and just my healthy lifestyle, inspiring that people don't have to be like me, but just to change one meal in a day or, you know, to change, introduce recipes into their diet is great because that's ultimately at the end going to reduce animal Mm, suffering. It all adds up. Yeah. Okay. So outside of, of making this content and doing what you do on a daily basis, we'll call it work uh, from a work point of view, how do, you, how do you like to spend your time? What do you and Jonah like to get up to? Do you travel? Like, what do you do? Watch movies? You said you don't watch much TV. How do you spend your time? So outside of doing the, you know, YouTube and Instagram stuff, um, what I love to do is be at the beach. I'm, I'm grateful though because what I genuinely love to do is what I'm able to do for work. So even if I'm not filming a video or taking photos, I'm still cooking or going to the gym and stuff or doing like everything. So so it's really it's really well aligned with what your yeah, lifestyle would be yeah. anyway. So being at the beach, training, cooking. So what people see, that is you. That's like that's <laughs> legit, yeah. yeah. Um, and then aside from that, spending time with family. So when I do kind of take more of a break from 
being online, I'm either up at Gold Coast with my parents or, you know, visiting my grandparents in Sydney, um, traveling overseas. I mean, we don't have, we haven't gone anywhere crazy, just to Bali, but it's still really fun. What was your favorite place to eat in Bali? Our favorite place is at the moment is definitely Give Cafe. Give Cafe, yeah. Kind Community and Peloton. Yeah, I haven't been to Give Cafe yet, but I've been to Kind oh, in, um, in Seminyak. Peloton's right up there. It's definitely mm. one of my favorites. Yeah, they're good. Okay, so if if anyone listening is is traveling to Bondi or to Sydney, where where would you recommend in Sydney that they they go and check out to to enjoy some nice food? In Sydney, we really love Kindness Cafe. I love Kindness Cafe too. Not just the food is amazing, but the owners. Yeah, they're great. She is a beautiful human and wants to do a lot and change, you know. Yeah, have you had the tofu rice paper rolls there? Yeah, yeah. I've had everything on the menu. (laughs) And and the, um, what is it, like a coconut lime curry? Yeah. Coconut lime too. Delicious. Oh, and that Bodhi. Bodhi's great too. That's been there for like 20 years or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I eat way too much dumplings there. And then... Recently, what we have been obsessed with is vegan Lebanese street food yeah, at Bondi. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, we love Tanya's Conscious Feast. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, so Conscious Feast and vegan Lebanese are both both in Bondi. Yeah. Yeah, so. Bondi definitely, I, I definitely needs definitely some more. Is. Yeah. Well, Conscious Feast is now opening up a physical location. So. Exciting. You'll be able to come in and, and dine with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Geez, we've covered a lot of territory. Is there anything that you think we we missed, or anything that you, you know, um, parting words that you'd like to say to your community, the plant proof community? So recently, I've started to create my own like cakes and stuff to sell to like a restaurant to then for them to sell on their They're store. Nice. Um, so I'm really excited about that, and I'm doing it through Lebanese street food. Okay, so, so when can we see that? Oh, it's in there at the moment. It's so, in there now. Like, not exactly like right at this moment. It's sold out today, but oh, um, there you go. <laughs> Um, I'm going to be making some more stuff. So do you make them there or where, how, how so do you I'm, make them? I make it at home and recently also done my food safety supervisor certificate. So I'm now, I can supervise your food. <laughs> and that gives me the ability to be able to make it from home. Okay, um, awesome. And So what? tell me tell me about some of these, these treats. What are they? So the main ones I've done, which people have really been loving, is the salted caramel chocolate cheesecake. Okay. Um, how does that work? How, tell me, how do you make that? Secret recipe. It's Secret my, recipe. My okay, well, well, give me give me an idea oh, so of the of the filling. Like, what's the oh, so, cheesy so the, made out it's of? It's chocolate base, and then the second layer is like a chocolate raw cheesecake base. So it's you know cashews mm. and all that stuff, and then a date caramel layer, and then chocolate on top. Um, I've been doing brownies and all that stuff in there as okay. well. But I'm going to give you a challenge. What? Are you ready? Yeah. So when when I transitioned to a vegan diet. There's nothing that I've missed at all. What is it? <laughs> There's one thing. There's a place in Sydney called Papa's. Have you heard of Papa's? Yeah, I think so, maybe. They do cakes and treats and stuff, and they're oh, yeah, down yeah. in Hall Street. And every time I walk past them now, I just don't, I don't even look in there. It's it's the one thing that I look back on and I'm like, damn, I miss that cheesecake. And this this Papa's cheesecake's famous, right? But it's very far from vegan. If I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there, and I'll, I'll ask them how they make it. I'll get whatever their base formula is. It's full of animal products, mm. but I need you to work out how to do a vegan version. <laughs> okay, well, it's like you vanilla cheesecake. It, we'll put it in conscious feast on the menu for people to buy because it needs to be done. I'm up for the challenge. Okay, <laughs> so hopefully by the time any anyone listening comes and dines at conscious feast, that cheesecake is hopefully. in there. 
We'll, yeah. um, we'll call it Tess's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but um, next year, I definitely want to do markets. So I hope to be at Bondi Markets at one point. Okay, great. Um, and I kind of just want to like... On the Saturday, Saturday or the Sunday or both? I think the Saturday probably. Saturday. Yeah, it's um, more the food day, isn't it? I'm a bit nervous about like playing for it and stuff, but it'll get there. Um, and so will you get down there yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Get amongst it. That's Aside from social media, I'm really excited to be doing a, something else outside of it as well that I'm still very passionate about, which is the food. So okay. that's why I definitely want to get into like doing more in the future. Awesome. One day in the future, I'll have my own cafe or something. You will. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. We've, yeah, as I said, we've covered a lot of territory. It was not too messy. No, no, no. It was definitely not messy. It was very, very informative. I've learned a lot about you that I didn't know. And as I said, I'm looking forward to 2019, seeing the new content that you put out on YouTube and whatnot. And yeah, I just, uh, you know, thank you for coming on the show. If, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and, and perhaps they haven't followed you, where can they find you? So on Instagram or YouTube at Tessbeg, T-E-S-S-B-E-G. That's basically it. Beautiful. Yeah. Nice and easy. Well, that's it for this episode. And, you know, hopefully I'll have you back on the show and we can Definitely. do a bit of an update in a year or so. Cool. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Tess. Thank you so much. Well, friends, that's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Tess, follow her on at Tessbeg, T-E-S-S-B-E-G on Instagram and let her know what you thought of this episode. She would love to hear from you. I loved how honest and raw Tess was. Tells it like it is. Just like many people around the world, Tess has had and is still going through some health challenges, but it's great to see her paying more attention to the finer details of what's on her plate and making up a regular diet. I think it's really important that if you are getting any signs from your body that something isn't quite right, that you take the step to speak to health professionals to identify what the root cause is and then build a plan around getting things back on track. Personally, I would recommend you speak with a local health professional who understands how important proper nutrition is rather than a more typical Western medicine approach whereby medications are often first on the treatment plan. Getting a blood test is a great place to start for anyone who's just not feeling quite right. I have a blog on this at plantproof.com. Find someone aligned with your belief system and someone you trust for sound advice. It's far easier to tackle issues when they're in their infancy rather than letting them persist for a long time without addressing them. Before I go, I want to wish all of you a very happy holidays and festive season. I hope you get to spend quality time with friends, family, or even just by yourself. Whatever it is that you'll be doing over this period, I genuinely hope it's a happy and safe period filled with plenty of great times. See you in the next episode.